How many of you have looked at least once at the resource page? Can I see your hands? Yeah. Okay. Most of you haven't taken the time to do so. So let me encourage you. If you want to do it the easy way, okay, this is the, the uh, non-techie way, Google Walloon Church Love Hurts, and it pops right up. There you go. Hit on that, and then you got it. That slashy stuff, I don't do the slashy. Anyway, uh, but there you go. That's how to get it the nice and easy way. Um, I shared this story 10, 12 years ago. I think it's worth repeating. Church in Dallas, Texas, um, got so angry and so fractured, uh, there was so much hate and animosity that one side of the church sued the other side of the church and both wanted control of the property. Okay, so that's pretty angry when there's that much animosity going on. Um, so after lots and lots of wrangling and lawyers involved, uh, the judge assigns a mediator and the arbiter awarded the church property to one side of the lawsuit. And immediately, the other side announced that they were forming another church uh, just down the road, right uh, down the road from where uh, all of this had occurred. So the local newspaper, which had covered this story for months, uh, was curious what was going on behind all of this anger and, and hatred and bitterness. So they dug in, and it seems here's how it began. It began at a church dinner. An elder in the church was served a smaller slice of ham than a child sitting next to him. Okay? So that's, that's how it all began. It, it began with ham. And, and a uh, church leader, in his mind, intentionally was slighted and given a smaller slice of pork than the little child behind him. Somebody who thought he was somebody was being slighted by this awful thing that had occurred at the church dinner. We looked at this verse last week, but I'll repeat it. James 3.16 For whenever there's jealousy and selfish ambition, you'll find disorder and every kind of evil. Okay, Every time there's jealousy and selfish ambition, yep, even about the size of ham on your plate, all sorts of evil breaks loose. All of Dallas got a good laugh at Jesus and his church because somebody was jealous at the small little little piece of ham, Henry, on his plate. Somebody got treated better than he thought he should have been treated. I just want you to know, selfishness and envy are evil, they're ugly, they produce division uh, in our families, in our marriages, in our friendships, in our workplaces. Sadly, it even manifests itself at times in the church family. And I'm just telling you, when the ugliness and jealousy and selfish ambition appeared, 
that can be the end of relationships. Anytime where things are going great and they're happy and everything's wonderful and you got the smiley balloons going and you're going, yeah, things are great. I'm just telling you, it doesn't take much. Have you noticed? It doesn't take much and pretty soon you got some ugliness and you have division and, and pretty soon everybody's mad at everybody and then suddenly, come on, I should have practiced this, but I didn't know how to do it without losing my happy man. Okay, he'll go down. Yeah, sometimes happy man just fades slowly. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I wanted it to do. Okay. So you got good stuff going on, and now happy uh, has disappeared on you, okay? Why does that happen, okay? Give me your eyes. Because happiness in relationships is now. It's present tense. It's everything's great. Flying high. But in the moment, it's great, but then contentment is durable. Contentment is lasting. Contentment is powerful. That's the difference. And and this morning, we're going to look at the difference between happy and contentment. And I'm telling you what, it's huge. It makes all the difference in the world. We need to learn the secret of contentment. We don't want ham wars in our wedding, in our marriages or our weddings. That's right. Could happen at a at a wedding. That's right. Uh, we don't want ham wars going on in our friendships, with our coworkers, with our neighbors. We certainly don't want a ham war breaking out here in the church family. Here's what First Timothy chapter six reminds us. First Timothy six says, "Yet true godliness with contentment." is itself great wealth, okay? Huge wealth when you're content. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world. We can take nothing with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, what's it say? Let us be, let's be content because happy's now. Happy's in the moment. Things are going great. Uh, But contentment, durable, lasting, permanent, and it's powerful. Stand with me if you're able, please. We're going to read out loud together from God's inspired instruction manual for successful relationships. We're going to read verses 1 to 4, Philippians chapter 2. Read with me, would you please? Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Let's pray. Lord, uh, what we just read is easy to read and really hard to do. So we just acknowledge that. We, uh, we are all, and I'll go first, we are all, Lord, selfish by nature. 
We all want it our way. We want to do it my way. And I acknowledge that in front of the church family. So Lord, for us to move beyond that, we're going to need you and your spirit and your word to come and work powerfully today in your church. So we welcome you. You come and uh, take charge today in your church. We, we want to look higher. We want to aim higher than just being happy. So would you show us how to do that? And we just pause for a moment. It's been a long week, and I suspect some of us didn't take the time to get clean and back in right relationship with your son. So would you point out any areas in our life where sin has uh, crept in, in our thoughts, in our words, in in our activity, Lord? Uh, Make it clear, make it obvious, and, and we're ready to hear from you. Speak, Lord, we're listening. And as you point out and convict us of sin, we're not just going to keep laying there, Lord. We're going to do the U-turn. We're going to run to the cross. And as we run to the cross, Lord, we're going to call what you're making clear the same thing you call it, sin. And Lord, we're grateful as we ask you to wash and cleanse and purify. Lord, you already marked our accounts paid in full the moment we said yes to you, but we want to write the check of confession now, and we draw on that account. Wash, cleanse, purify. Lord, please restore our relationship with your son, Jesus, even right now. We want to hear from him. We want to learn the secret of contentment today. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one unified voice, you can be seated. Philippians 1 and verse 1 and 2, Paul is just pleading with the church of Philippi. He's he's kind of saying, please, church at Walloon, I want you to aim higher than happy. Uh, Happy is a good goal, but it's not high enough. Because happy is now. Happy is things are going well. My circumstances are are good for me. But content is durable and lasting and powerful. Verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there any comfort from His love? Is there any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? He's he's asking the church at Philippi, the church at Walloon, some hard questions. Uh, Have you learned from the love of Jesus Christ living in you? Uh, Are you enjoying the fellowship in the church family? Uh, You have the same Holy Spirit. Uh, Be tender and compassionate toward each other. Agree and work together wholeheartedly with one another. Be of one mind and one purpose with one another. Paul is explaining this. Listen close. Harmony promotes contentment. When you're living together in harmony, unity in relationships is the result. And it produces joy and peace. When we're getting along in our friendships, when we're getting along in our 
core relationships, I'm telling you, deep satisfaction and contentedness is the result. Okay? What a wonderful way to live. Doesn't it sound good? Let's just live that way. You can go now. We're done. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Okay? Genuine, spirit-filled oneness is what we're looking for in our marriages with our spouses, with our children, with our grandchildren. Contentment with our friends. Contentment with our co-workers. Contentment and deep satisfaction with our neighbors and our fellow students. Okay? So how can that happen? How can we get beyond just being happy? Now just so you know, I had... I had this all planned out. I was going to pop a balloon like four times. That sort of got, that happy thought sort of got popped. So we're, we're not going to be doing that. So I'll come over here and I'll say something like, and then happiness just goes to the floor. Uh, okay, and you'll understand what we were going to do. Uh, but I didn't test it out properly. Okay, now we know. Uh, how can we get beyond just being happy and how can we move toward contentedness? Verse 3, he explains it pretty well. Don't be selfish. Oh, okay. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Uh, and the last thought, verse 4, don't look out only for your own interests, but, but look out for the interest. Take an interest in others too. Okay? Let's go back to verse 3. This is a tough one. Selfishness and pride. That's really what he's talking. Don't, don't, don't try to impress others. Don't be so selfish. Don't be so puffed up. Because that is a wicked duo. Selfishness and pride. When we're always trying to, to make me look good and do it my way, that will destroy happiness every time. It really will. Selfishness and pride, let me, let me give you some examples, is I want you to look out for me. I, I don't want to necessarily look out for you, but I want you doing it my way. Uh, I want to watch what I want to watch. I want to eat what I demand to eat. I want always to be the star of the conversation, and I don't ever want you to say anything bad about me. Selfishness, pride, it's a bad, it's a bad combo when selfishness and pride take hold in our lives. Pastor Rodney Ward, how many of you remember him? Can I see your hands? How many? Yeah, I miss him. Uh, so he was past senior pastor, then associate pastor, then a pastor emeritus. Probably I've never met a pastor counseled more couples, more marriages more premarital than Pastor Ward. And the reason I mention him is he always said this, and I think he was dead right, um, the root cause of every marriage trouble he'd ever worked with. And I'm telling you, he worked with hundreds. He said, if you dig down below the surface and you try to discover what's, what's the cause of, of this marriage trouble, he said, every time, it's selfishness. At core, it's one form of selfishness or another. I want it my way. I, I want to do it. Why aren't you looking out for me? 
uh, why, aren't, why aren't you doing it the way I think you should? I'm just telling you, selfishness destroys relationships. It does. So if that's the happy killer, uh, selfishness, what's the solution? <laughs> if selfishness and pride and I want to do it my way, what is the answer so that we don't all have ham wars breaking out all around us, okay? So let's go back to the text because Paul's asking questions here. And, and he says, um, verse 1, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? So the first question is, do you belong to Christ? Do you belong to Jesus? Second question, keep going, um, have you found comfort in the love of Christ? Have you? Third question, have you found fellowship with others who share the same Holy Spirit? Have you? Fourth question, have you tenderness and compassion through knowing Jesus and his people? And, and he's kind of asking us the question, have you? So, so just pause for a moment and let's ask those questions. Have, have I discovered that I belong to Christ? I found comfort in the love of Christ. I found fellowship in the family of Christ, tenderness and compassion through knowing Jesus and his people. Those questions are all questions. The answer is yes. If you're a follower of Christ, the answer should be yes. All of us who know Jesus personally, believed and received him as Savior and Lord, that's our new position in Christ. That's our new identity. It's because of who we are because of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, So we have some facts here. Just go back through those questions with me. And let's say we've got facts based on who we are in Christ. Our new identity, our new position. Fact number one, we've been united with Jesus. And we're his chosen children. We are children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And some of you are saying, I knew that, I knew that. But I'm telling you, if you really grasp, I'm a child of the King of Kings, the creator of the cosmos, I'm a child of His. I'm a member of His royal family. If that really penetrates your heart, it'll change your life. Ephesians 2 and verse 6 declares, He has seated us with Christ in the heavenlies. And when I finally believe that fact, and now it goes down deep and begins to settle in my heart and my soul, it changes my outlook. It really does. Fact number two, the love of Jesus Christ for us is unconditional, it's sacrificial, it's eternal. Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of Christ has filled up our hearts. Jesus has poured down His love in us, and His love is overflowing in our hearts and in our lives. Do you know that to be true? Do you know the love of Christ and how much He loves you and how much He loves me? Fact number three, verse one, we're all members of the same body. The local church, that's why it's so cool when we have new members, they're coming and saying, I'm now joining. I'm a new member of the body of Christ here in Walloon. Jesus knows, give me your eyes, that we're better together. 
We're better together than we are all by ourselves. That's why he calls the body together and says, I want you to work together, body of Christ. I, I want you to be of one mind. I want you to enjoy the fellowship that I'll bring, I'll unite you as you come together. In fact, number four, as followers of King Jesus, we're objects of his tender mercy, his grace, his kindness. And I'm a grace guy uh, because I know how much love and grace and mercy, Jose, the Lord has shown me uh, a prickly, self-centered, proud porcupine. That's who I am. And now I know how much grace He's extended me. He, He doesn't give me what I deserve. That's called what? Anybody know? That's mercy. And He gives me so much more than I deserve. And that's called grace. Okay? So He doesn't give me what I deserve. And He gives me so much more than I deserve. And you go, whoa. If you really absorb that, it begins to change you from the inside out. God's book is shouting at us here. You silly, selfish porcupines. Um, King Jesus has blessed you. He's blessed your socks off with His love and His grace and His mercy and His kindness. So now, catch with me. So King Jesus has every right to expect and even demand that we live in unity and oneness towards one another. Does that make sense? Because of what He's done and He's doing, our new position, our new identity, Jesus now says, I have every right to expect and even demand that you start getting along with each other, that you love one another. Verse 2, Paul writes, we've been so blessed to the brim by our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, He says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Now catch this. Our position in Christ should determine our behavior. Okay, Who we are in Christ should dictate how we behave and how we speak and how we get along with one another. Okay, So, He's saying, because of who you are in Christ, now your new position should make you become uh, a new follower of Christ whose priority now is to get along with the rest of the body. Our new identity in Christ makes getting along in our relationships possible. Now that's, that's really the core. Who we are in Christ makes unity in the body a possibility. Our new position in King Jesus makes happiness <laughs> looks kind of small and trivial. Because happiness can, can be deflated quickly as we saw. Uh, happiness is here for the moment and then it's gone. I'm telling you, unity, harmony, contentedness, that's what we're aiming for. Okay. So how do we get along How do we make unity and oneness? How do I make contentedness happy? Uh, I'm not aiming for that anymore. I'm going to go for content. Verse 3, here's the answer. You ready? Don't be selfish. 
Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of yourselves as better than yourselves. Get rid of selfishness and pride, okay? I like that. It's the idea, I got to have the biggest piece of ham or I'm not happy. Um, I got to have it my way or I'm not happy. Um, Go back to verse 3. It says, thinking of others. That's a banking term, okay? Which means to put something in the right account, okay? Jesus says, I bought you, I own you, you're mine, I paid a price for you, my very life, and it's an accounting term according to our chief financial officer. Our chief financial officer, our our head accountant, Jesus Christ says this, put you above me. Put it in the right column. Just put it in the column that it belongs. I'm going to put your needs and your interests above mine. Okay? Unity and oneness in relationships starts with me putting you ahead of me. Does that make sense? So uh, here's the challenge now. Uh, successful relationships that aim higher than happy means I need to stop being so selfish and me focused. You got that, Chad? You ahead of me. Okay? Uh, just start working. Dick, now I'm, I'm going to put my bride, I'm going to put my family, uh, George, Shelley, I'm going to put you ahead of me. Okay? Start putting the other person in front of your needs and your interests. Because selfishness is a happy killer every time. Okay? Now, now here's the problem. How do you pull that off? Okay? If we just say, quit being so selfish, quit being so proud, um, let's pray and go home now. We, we all know better. Okay? That, that, stop it. Just stop it. No, that's not going to do it. How can we make quit being proud, quit being selfish, because in my own flesh, in my own effort, in my own power, here's what I promise you, that's not going to happen. That won't last. Okay? might last for about 30 seconds, might last even 60 seconds on good days, but my old, selfish, sinful flesh is strong and stubborn. Can I get an amen? What needs to happen? Give me your eyes. Every day... It starts with this. Jesus, I welcome you to come and take charge of old, sinful, selfish, self-centered, proud me. Okay? Uh, I need you to take charge, Jesus. I need you this morning, Jesus. Fill me, control me with your spirit and begin with this, Jesus. Would you drive out that old, selfish... Uh, proud Jeff right now. I need you to come and take charge of, of sinful me. And then, and then, I'm ready, verse 3, I'm ready to put verse 3 into practice. Now, I'm ready, and Lord, I need you to help me not to be selfish. Help me not to be all about impressing others. Lord, help me be humble and think of others better than myself. Do you understand? I'm telling you, if you don't start with Jesus, come take charge, 
Jesus, I need you and your spirit to be full and alive and in charge of me. None of this is possible. Successful relationships start with welcoming Jesus every morning. Why do you say every morning? Because our default position, I promise you, you wake up and uh, you wake up and, and you're grumpy and you're selfish and it's all about you. And I know I have a friend, he will not talk in the morning until he wakes up. And I asked him, why won't you talk? And he said, because every time I talk in the morning, I get myself in trouble. So I just stay quiet until I'm awake. I would argue you stay quiet until you've taken time to invite Jesus to take charge. Now you're ready to talk. Now you've, you've invited Jesus to come and take charge, and you've driven old grumpy out and selfish out, and now you're ready for Jesus to take charge. Too many relationships. Give me your eyes. Marriages, family, work, friends. Uh, we wake up, now we're moving, and now I'm waiting for you to make the first move. You be nice to me. You say kind things to me. You make me look good, feel good, and now I might return a little bit back to you. Okay? So we're waiting for them to make the first move. Look at verse 3. It's not, no, no, it's, it's you, follower of Christ. You don't be selfish. You don't be proud trying to impress others. You be humble. You think of the other people first. Don't just look out for you, verse 4. Look out for them first, okay? So, here we go. First, I get my eyes and my focus on Jesus. That's the first key. Got that? Jesus I, I know what you've done. I know what you're doing. You deserve to be fully in charge of my life. Second, get filled with His Spirit. Allow Him and His Spirit to control me. I go down deep with Christ. Third, now, now I'm ready to take my eyes off of me. Now I'm ready to take my eyes off of my interests and my wants. And now I'm ready to look out in the power of Christ, to look out for the interest of those around me, your, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Now you're ready to offer the biggest piece of ham to the person sitting next to you. No, I want you to have the best piece of ham. I want you to have the nicest piece of chicken. No, I want you, Denise, you've got the best pork chop. I want you, do you understand? But I promise you, until Jesus is large and in charge, I want the best piece of ham. I do. I want the biggest steak. I, I, I want the largest uh, coffee. I, I want the biggest and the best for me. Okay, now, now here's, here's what's true. Once you get eyes off of you and you're filled with Jesus and now you're showing that kind of love and that kind of care, it's contagious. Here's, here's what's true. If you'll start making Jesus alive and large and working and content because Jesus is in you, I'm telling you, it revitalizes and changes relationships. 
If Jesus is front and center, and because of what he, your new position, your new identity, and now you've invited Him, it will begin to heal families. It catches on at work. It's even contagious here in the church family. It energizes. It's powerful. Contentment is catchy. I'm telling you. And once you're off of me and I'm on to you, and people start seeing that in you regularly, it changes everything. It'll change your life. It'll change the people around you. It will. I close um, with this illustration, and I will tell you, I borrowed this from Pastor Tony Evans. And if you don't know Pastor Tony Evans, you need to get to know Pastor. He's my very favorite preacher. Every Sunday morning when I'm getting waking up, you know, when I'm grumpy uh, in the morning on Sunday mornings because I wake up grumpy even on Sundays. Anyway, I listen to a Tony Evans sermon as I'm getting ready. And Denise always says, turn it up. Yep, we listen together. Anyway, discover him. He, he would be your new favorite. Anyway, here's, here's an illustration he, he gives, and, and it really stuck with me. Every one of us gets to choose whether we are a ship or a submarine. Every one of us here, every day you get to choose, am I going to be a ship or am I going to be a submarine? Ships sit on the water, and as long as the waters are calm, the ship is calm. Track with me. But when the waves get choppy, the ship will toss around and will be at the mercy of the waves. You tracking? So, our happiness is based on what happens on the surface of our lives. Okay? That's why... We've got to aim higher than happy. Because on the surface of our lives, some days things are going great and you're happy. And then the next day things aren't going so good and you're not happy anymore. Make sense? But a submarine is not limited to what's happening on the surface. Uh, no matter how intense the weather... Um, the weather can only affect underneath the water down to about 25 feet underneath. And here's the cool thing. A submarine can go down to 26 feet below the surface. Or it can go 126 feet or 226 feet below the surface. The point being, if we're submarines, um, we don't have to worry about what's going on on the surface. Um, we don't have to worry about the chaos on the surface. We don't have to worry how choppy the waves might be uh, because submarines belong down deep. That's where they do best. Here's the truth. We, as followers of Jesus, need to go down deep and find our contentment on a daily basis with Jesus. If you want to be successful in your relationships, it's down deep with Christ. That's where contentment is found. That's where unity and oneness begins. That's how we're able to say no thank you. No thank you to all of the pride and the selfishness. Jesus 
has not created us to be ships tossed about on the sea of stormy relationships. That's not how we're created, okay? He wants us to be submarines and go down deep with Him. Why? Because we have someone and something to meet us down deep. And His name is Jesus Christ. And He's inviting us every single day, come on down. Every day I'll be here, and no matter what you have to navigate in your relationships on the surface, if you're down deep with Jesus, I'm telling you what, you're going to navigate whatever it is you're facing well. So here's my question. Which are you most of the time? Are you a ship? Blown and torn apart in your relationships? Happy, sad, happy, disappointed, happy, mad? Or are you a submarine? Are you, are you going down and every day a deep, lasting relationship with Christ? And as you abide with Him, I promise you, that will change that will revolutionize, that will heal and revitalize your relationships. All of them. Here's what Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. This is a wonderful verse. Here's what it says. Let your roots grow down deep into Jesus. And let your lives be built on Him, on Christ. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you'll overflow with thankfulness. Can I tell you something? That's lasting. That's durable. That's potent and powerful. That kind of life is a life worth aiming for. That, that's a life that, that I want to live that way in my relationships. Because happy is now. It, it's in the moment. It's temporary. That's a, that's a ship on the surface dependent on circumstances. Content is durable and powerful. Here, here's my last point. Let's aim higher than happy. Okay? Let's not just be ships. Let's aim for contentment. And can I just tell you, only Jesus can bring us contentment. Down deep every single day. He's offering that. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, thank you that uh, you give us instructions in your book and they work. When we do it your way, it works every time. But here's what I know is true for me and it's true for all of us, Lord. In the flesh, my default mode every time is pride and selfishness and me, me, me. That's true, Lord. Every single day of my life. Comes easily, comes naturally. I don't even have to try. But thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you, Lord, for who we are, our new identity, our new position in you. And Lord, you have every right to expect and demand that we make unity and oneness and contentment a priority in our relationships. So, Lord, would you help us to do that? And uh, I pray, Lord, that you would enable us through your power 
as we allow your spirit in us, Jesus, to drive out old, sinful, selfish us, that relationships can be changed and healed and newness and oneness can spring up. Lord, might we be sources of oneness and your love and your grace and might, might it be contagious in our relationships. That's what we're asking for. Change us. Make us learn to be content in you, Jesus. And every morning, help us to be hungry to get right with you. And as we close, if you're here in person or if you're watching online, here's what you need to know. Um, the sole source of joy and peace and grace and mercy and forgiveness, the only place that can be found is in Jesus Christ. You, you can't be successful in relationships without the power, without the source, and his name is Jesus. So do you know Jesus personally? Because it starts when you come to a personal relationship with Christ. Have you said yes to what Jesus has done for you on the cross? Have you believed in his work to wash and cleanse your sin problem? Have you believed he literally, bodily, physically arose from the dead for you? And have you welcomed him into your life as Savior and Lord? Have you chosen by faith to become a child of God? If you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button right now. We'll have a private chat with you. We'll uh, answer any questions. We'll celebrate with you. If you're here in person, come see me after the service. Make your way to the prayer corner. We're going to celebrate with you. Lord, thank you for all that you are and all that you've done in our lives. And thank you for our new identity and position in you. Help us to live that out and help us, Lord, to be successful in our everyday relationships, starting at home, starting in our marriage, moving on to our kids and our grandkids and our friends and our workplaces and at school. Lord, we, we need you. We don't do well on our own. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things. Amen. Thank you for coming today, worshiping King Jesus as we've sung to him, as we've dug into his book. Next Sunday, we continue in our series, Love Hurts. Next Sunday, we're going to learn about learning to fight fair. Okay, That might be worth coming and learning about. Okay, Please know this, you are loved and you are dismissed. Lord bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for coming.